0: This is a headgum podcast.
1: Thanks for listening to No Joke with Billy and Adam on the Headgum Podcast Network. This is the show where we tackle one topic oh so loosely and discuss our previous, present, and future experience with it. Today's topic was theme parks,
2: and our guest was Matt Garley. Please enjoy the No Joke Podcast. Okay, welcome back. This is the No Joke Podcast. I am Billy Scafuri. I'm Adam Lustick, And this is episode number 33. Yes, Jesus Christ age. Yeah, what is the Christ age?
1: Well, he died at 33. He was fixed, which is how I like to say crucifixed. Okay. Uh, he was fixed uh, when he was 33. Okay. Uh, yeah, so is that he, a popular saying? Fixed"? I don't think so. I don't think so. Right. Okay, got it. <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to abbreviate terms like that. Right. Uh, but he was uh, crucified at 33. Not exactly sure when it was relative to his birthday, although I guess he was about four months into his 3030 year if he's born on Christmas and that's around Easter. Wow, good math, quick. So maybe about thirty-three and a quarter. Okay. So yeah, we reached our Jesus podcast. Okay. Number. Yes. All right. Well, holy moly. Yes. Uh and we have uh one of our more Christ-like <laughs> guests. Sometimes
2: you're forced to just
1: segue as hard as you can. <laughs> yeah. I'll take that, it. Yeah. We bought our own local uh local Christ uh to talk about, star uh, of podcasts all over the podcast sphere. Um you certainly know him from Super Ego, and I was there too. And he's also the co-host of the Pistol Shrimps Radio. Yes. Uh, Pleased to have you, Matt Gorley. Hey, man, I'm ready to get fixed. That, <laughs> you know, that
0: is an incredible expression you came up fixed, with. Fixed. He just yeah. got fixed. The,
2: the only other fixed that I know of is when you get your dog or cat yeah. spayed or neutered. Yes. You got the yeah. dog fixed. But yes. now that's a whole takes on a whole different meaning. We got the dog crucifix. crucifix. I
0: picture it apostrophe fixed. That's right? how I picture yeah. it. Yeah, hip. Oh, exactly. The hip proof. That's great. You got you fixed. Oh,
1: God.
2: Yeah, actually A little
1: fiction. <laughs> Who wants to come out for the fiction? Fan fiction is what they would call fan <laughs> <laughs> um Well, this is the No
2: Joke Podcast, and in this podcast, we like to talk about our experiences with certain things. Yes. Um, and... We've talked about this before. We've talked about episodes like Loud Places. That was an episode that we talked about. Uh, yes, yeah, so I had just boy. gone to a Dave and Buster's, and oh, I came boy. back to the podcast with my ears ringing. You oh. claim
1: that it was the loudest place you have literally ever been in your life. There your was, at life. One,
2: there was a one point, Matt, where there was two different songs playing from two different speakers on 45-degree angles that were landing in both of my eardrums while— a DJ set up right in what? front of me Too much That music. sounds
0: like my worst nightmare. I hate loud places. So
1: avoid that episode. Wish we should have had you we should have oh. had you on that episode. But do you th- honestly hate loud places? I do.
0: I I've always had a bit of an aversion to to quote-unquote bars or clubs because mm-hmm. it's so dark and so loud, I don't understand the point. You're, Why are you're literally hearing? deaf and dumb, and you can't...
2: You're challenging yourself to a social... It's <laughs> yes. like a challenge put in yeah. front of your social
1: situation. We want you to hang out, we're going to remove one sense at a time. Your <laughs> sense of hearing, your sense of sight, and ultimately your sense of fun. And if you can somehow
2: survive that, you
1: might just hook up that <laughs> Yeah, night. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I too, we're two pretty averse to loud places. Yeah. I, I spent my first concert, as we talked about in the podcast, was a Janet Jackson concert, and the girl that I was dating, who, whose dad bought us these tickets brought us all the way up to like a fifth or sixth row, Whoa. and we were supposed to be super impressed. And it was horrifying for me. It was so so ear splittingly loud that I spent the entirety of my first concert with my head in between my legs, praying for it to be over. How did that relationship go? It ended right then. <laughs> <It ended up. laughs> that was the first and last date that we. Ever had. Right around "If I Was Your Girl" by Janet right, yeah. Jackson, it uh, kind of that wrapped was up. Was the end of
2: it? Yeah. Right. Yes. Does that still carry over to like going to basketball games and attending like uh, sporting events, or is it when you have to be a part of it?
0: Sporting events, I think I'm okay because. Really, I don't ever go to sporting <laughs> events except for That's when I way do the Fistil it. Shrimp Radio podcast. But That's we're right. so focused on that that I've never even noticed it as an issue. But I do notice things like being out in public and when someone's having a cell phone conversation, I can't turn it off in my head because I'm filling in the blanks of what's the other person saying exactly. and I can't get rid of it. There,
2: exactly. And so it's a
0: rough, rough thing that… But
2: despite your aversion to loud places, am I wrong in saying that you worked in a theme park for 13 years? Holy crap, So Matt. that yep. kind of plays against the last three minutes of conversation. I wasn't Matt. happy. <laughs>
1: Got, it.
2: <laughs> Got
0: it.
3: Got
2: it. I didn't <laughs> want to be there. a second of it. We Not all went to clubs in college and we weren't happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's just... true.
0: That was the worst part. And I felt like everybody there knew it, but no one would admit it. And then I started admitting it. And even then people wouldn't fess up. And it was their, like, tacit acknowledgement, like the rise of the Nazis, that I feel like was the big issue. No. It made me feel like I was crazy, and I still do to this day. Acknowledgement is the first step. That's and right. And
1: meanwhile, they're so envious of Matt. Like, Matt just has the balls to admit that he doesn't like going out to bars. Yeah. None of us like it, but he is, like, he's the only one that said so. Well, I never
0: received any of that praise. None of that. None, none of, of that
1: it. praise. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um. But 13
2: years.
0: <laughs> yeah. I. Gosh. I guess I started in 2000, I think. May... Where are you no, from? Where are you from? I'm, I'm from about... Whittier, California. Okay. Got uh, it. About a half hour from here. Really. Oh, okay, okay. great. And So the closest
2: yeah. theme park there is?
0: Well, technically not, but Disneyland, too. They're both pretty close. Right. Yes. 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 very far. And even Universal Studios was is right 45 here. minutes away. Yes, right. we're in so
1: sort of an epicenter of theme park here in Southern we California. We really are, <laughs> and I
0: live centrally, and I would take advantage of that as much as I could. So you, know? you loved going to theme parks as a kid? Yeah, especially Universal Studios, actually, because yeah. I loved the stunt shows so much. Yes. So, but I was we went to Disney at least probably two or three times a year, but for sure once a year because my dad worked for the gas company and they had gas company night where just the employees got oh, wow. to have Disney and that was the greatest. That's wow. Nice. Yeah.
2: So are there lines when
1: your company, I mean,
2: how no, big is no, this those, gas company? Those,
0: well, it was a Southern California gas company, so it was pretty big, but oh, for okay. a theme park, it, it was way better than a regular day. Exactly. Yeah. No lines. Yeah. You're
1: zipping to the front of Space Mountain. Yes. Right. yes. Yeah. Now, what was the stunt show there at the time that you were a kid?
0: Universal Studios? Yeah. Oh, God. At Well, the the. The, like, uh, mainstay stunt show was a cowboy stunt show with just three guys, and I wanted to be in it so, so badly, and there was also one at Knott's Berry Farm, and it never changed. The yeah. script was always the same, so it got to the point where I was, like, talking along with it every time i go. <laughs> you probably could have been. I could easily. have, except yeah. I was uh, a minor. A An stunt accidental minor. understudy. Yes. Oh, God, I would have loved it. So I would take these home and perform them in my backyard oh, for God neighborhood you, people, and then, then they... Cleared out this huge part of Universal Studios and put in the A-Team stunt show.
1: Cool, man. Which was
2: amazing. Cool. and then <laughs> With people... Was there a fake Mr. T? Yes. Has to be, right? There
0: was, so this is the best part. Hannibal in the whole gang. I was cool dying that, to see man. it for so long, and I finally got to see it, but it was right when they were about to close it down, and... <laughs> gut it and make it the Miami Vice stunt oh, show
1: no. which was amazing that's the most 80s sentence ever said <laughs> A-team's out
0: Miami Vice you're in oh, <laughs> it was pretty much the like Nielsen Reagan ratings up. yeah oh. so the, <laughs> I saw the A-team stunt show in it's last days <laughs> it was also a rainy day so it was me and my dad for my birthday at Universal Studios the van comes out they do like this opening set piece stunt show yeah. out comes a guy dressed as Mr. T <laughs> with like a bald cap mohawk wig <laughs> he didn't I, even have the authentic no Mohawk? Not to, I'm no. pretty sure it was you a you got to
2: commit, T. Come so on. So out comes
0: Hannibal and Mr. T, and yes. they do a bit. Yes. And it, because it was a rain day, and it was because of the end of the day, you could tell, or the end of the run, you could tell they weren't putting any resources into this thing anymore. <laughs> so it. Hannibal excuses himself. Stop it. Goes oh. back into the van, and the same actor comes out as Murdoch. No, 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 and you no. never oh. saw a face. They never mentioned it. Oh. No, 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 that no, is no. the
2: equivalent of Aunt Viv one season being this lady, and then Aunt Viv one season being that lady. Just
1: accept it, audience. <laughs> it Just accept it. And I didn't At care Viv? <laughs> yeah.
0: because corny live motorcycle explosions and stunts was all I needed. Cool. Like the pop of the pyrotechnics. God, I loved it. Now, right. I just want
1: to rewind just for one second when you sure. said that you would kind of perform the Cowboy Stunt Show in your backyard for your neighbors. Yeah. How exactly would that go? You were going door to door. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I just want to know how you were kind of amassing no, the audience but I wish for that. I good of that. Was there a flyer campaign? <laughs> I just want to know how you yeah, amassed no, Who no. the audience was and how it was received. These well, backyard. Well, I would sunches. get
0: my childhood friends in the neighborhood to be in it, so oh, automatically their parents were a captive audience.
1: Oh, good.
2: So yeah, any that's given very, that's, that's stunt that's show, smart. there were go probably
0: on. five to seven people <laughs> in, in it and watching crowd. It? Yeah. Yeah
1: yeah and did you what would you say your sort of directorial style was you were like look little jeff like i know how this goes like you're gonna say these lines and i'm gonna say these lines were you sort of a very hands-on no
0: because i didn't know there was such thing as a director so i just said let's do what's in my show. mind yeah. let's do the stunt show no one else had seen it right and so it was total chaos
3: yes and... but
0: i assume there was a horse involved in some capacity no. is that a backyard
2: chair <laughs> like how, how does how is the imagination Here's, like what well, are these cowboys doing and then how did you replicate it in your backyard.
0: It definitely evolved. I mean, production values got really intense sure. as I grew older. But the way I remember it starting was a wading pool full of sand for a quicksand pit. Uh-huh. That's good. Then That's I good. had something called the paper punch where I took an old lightsaber and another bar and made a paper wall that I would bust through. Yes. But that was the finale. Dude, the yes. Then I, I had... legitimately
1: got a surge of adrenaline <laughs> when you just when you <laughs> said that. Just imagining you doing that—that's really special.
0: And then I—I I think I did do these things where there were like like a teeter. Totter or yes. like a seesaw and one side is buried in dirt. So when you run and step on one side, a big explosion happens. So and good. that was huge production values at the time. I mean, this is imagination at its that best. Houses away. They well, were talking about Amazing.
1: Amazing. Yeah. So going to Disneyland twice a year, you were saying as yeah. a kid-ish, the novelty never wore off for you. And it was like it got mm. more and more and more thrilling and exciting and titillating every time or did it – was it sort of suffer from a drop-off Around sort of the teenage year. Did you ever start to um, stop being it, romanced by the magic of Disney? I think
0: it changed. So, yeah, the wonder of it all was yeah. a little bit more lost on me. But then by the time you hit your teenage years, you're thinking so much about like, girls, and then you would go there with schoolmates, and it would be this like, completely Who's different kiss who? experience. Who yeah. yeah. so, sits next to who on yeah. the teacups? And it was a new type of magic, but it belonged to the theme park again. And it's like, brilliant, Mark. <laughs> oh, brilliant.
2: That is awesome. I yeah. imagine it
0: happens again when you have kids, though. I haven't, I haven't had kids yet. So yeah, I don't where you know. can kind of
2: see it again for the yeah. first time through yes. someone
1: else's eyes. Yeah. Yeah, there's something very special about that. Yes, through a child's eyes. And then they can make their own weird sand pits in their backyard. Right. Yes, yes, you pass it on right. generation to generation. Hopefully they
0: would.
2: <laughs> so, in the second act, what we'll talk about is uh, your experience actually working at one of these things. That Can't feels wait. like the logical next move. But yes. before we do that, um, we always invite our guests to potentially uh, bring a song or something that they've worked on. Is there something that you'd like to bring?
0: Yes. This is um, a. Uh, probably like a year or so ago, my friend James Bladen and I embarked on a project where we would create these theme songs for TV shows that never existed, but they might be recognizable types. <laughs> and so this one's called The Better Half, which is kind of like the show Alice. It's about a single mom making it on her own. Good start. Uh, I think Good the start. basic story is that her – husband leaves her, and she has to find a job in the city to make her way, but she ends up working for her husband's new wife. Oh!
1: oh. That's a legitimately good twist for a show. Well, thanks. That's really yeah. good. So, check out the theme for the never-made, never-to-be-made show, The Better Half.
2: We'll be right back.
3: To death you part, the less in your heart You know better
1: Gentle, melodious, melodious tune uh, that was the theme song to *The Better Half*, and that could be seen on what network? Matt?
0: Well, uh, that... It would have been probably CBS. Probably CBS in the L- early 70s, the I 1973, think. Yeah, right, yeah. fall of 73. Yeah, right, so if okay. you had
1: to, dr- sorry, if you had to Dreamcast it, if you had to Dreamcast oh, *The Better Half*. Like of that
0: era, yeah, yeah. Oh man, sorry
1: i put you on the spot like this. I just want to just so the audience can get a clear vision. It's of the so CBS. hard
0: because I would pull either Linda Lavin or Mary Tyler Moore, Mary who's already played there. those roles. But yes. Maybe a young Meryl Streep. Okay, her, before she Pretty made Saving films yeah, yeah really go wrong. Pre- like, and that's not, what he, ask, no, that's not what a big ask. no <laughs> not She's not big. I'm going to go to with her to that for this afternoon and just see if she's up
2: for it. Exactly. It's the second act of the No Joke podcast. In this episode, we are talking about theme parks. This doesn't exactly relate to theme parks, but I've realized that this is something very funny that. That Adam has done that somehow we have glossed over okay. on the podcast, yes. and also just we don't talk about it that okay. much. But it's so I'm fun- on the edge of my seat, personally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's so funny to me. So about six or seven years ago, and it feels adjacent to yes. theme parks, uh, like six or seven years ago, Adam and I are caterers and just trying to scrape money together in New York, find money wherever we can. One mm-hmm. time, Adam comes over to my house, and he says, hey, I got a new job. Mm-hmm. That's news to me because we don't have jobs. Right. And I said, well, we what are you doing? Yeah. And what is he doing? He's tossing peanuts at Giant Stadium. Yeah. <sighs> okay.
1: Got it. So, yeah, that's.
2: And is there better casting? Oh, then. Tossing
1: peanuts. Now the thing was, so I was a football fan, sports fan. Both Billy and I are. I wanted to go to a playoff game. It was freezing cold December. It was Eagles Giants playoffs. I'd never been to an NFL game before. Went on Craigslist, saw that they were looking for peanut tossers. That's me. So I immediately got the job in negative five seconds. Did the, you have to go on a bus for got the Got on a bus interview? to go to East Rutherford, New Jersey, cross the river. So we're taking. It's already after like wake up at six a.m. You know what I mean? Like where, like red flags of, like, all over this new career Nothing choice. but red flags. Right. So I'm taking maybe the four hour sojourn that it takes to get from Williamsburg all the way to traverse Manhattan to traverse the Hudson. Now I'm in East Rutherford, New Jersey, hellhole. So I'm there at Giant Stadium, hellhole, and I'm there with my other weirdos who are also there for the ten bucks an hour. We get our big T-shirts. It's so, so, so sub-zero temperatures. It's like cruel to the human body. You're just wearing T-shirts? Uh, no. I well, you have to like. But they they left it to you to kind of bundle up. Okay. and then the pretzel thrower t-shirt goes on top gotcha. of all your layers. So think it. sort of like the Stay puff Marshmallow Man. So you the want to wearing. order an extra large t-shirt because you expect the three hoodies are going on underneath. It. I think the smallest size is extra large and then it might go up to like four or five. <laughs> we XL. are
2: talking about uh, Rutherford, New Jersey. It's a hellhole. Okay. So
1: I was there and uh, I, we got we were sort of assigned our like pretzel trays and the idea is to walk around salty hot pretzels to get your salty hot pretzels right. here. And it's like sort of a dream to be able to Did do that. Did they coach you on the cadence of that kind of thing? I was. I, with all due respect, and not to pat myself on the back, but I was, I was you, like, you "This is the in. role Adam but was born to But did they check you for that at uh, all? Not even. There was no, no okay. there was no screening whatsoever. They if didn't even a... make you like walk up a flight of stairs once, up and down <laughs> once, to prove that you could do the not job. Not even. If you're a warm body with two working legs, even one working leg, like you got the job. Yeah. It's still harder, but you still it's got tough the, the job with one leg, but you still have it. Okay. Um, so I was there, and uh, I really just wanted to watch the game. I was really just in it for the thrill of being at an NFL stadium for the first time and seeing a playoff game. It was already kind. Of thrilling Donovan McNabb was the quarterback of the Eagles who was a college favorite of mine so I was like just sports geeking out uh, to the point that uh, I in immediately, within seconds of being assigned my section, like section 105, and my pretzel tray, I immediately removed the pretzel tray, <laughs> put it immediately down, walked all the way down to the front steps of uh, the first row, sat down, and watched the game. Best seats like, in the house. Just like a patron, just a patron That's of the stadium. Brilliant. Oh <laughs> That's brilliant. Best seats God. in the house. Never collected my paycheck, never returned the pretzels, never returned the t-shirt. Just mm. left at the end of the game, never to be heard from again. One game. So that That's was... That's incredible. Yeah, I, I mean... Thanks. I guess, in retrospect, I guess I did sort of game the system a little bit. That, that's all you did. That's all I did. It just All it cost me was a four-hour trip to New Jersey. That but reminds me
2: it. of the way that I game the system once related to theme parks. Yep. So Six Flags, New Jersey, I'm from Long Island, and Six Flags, New Jersey was like the biggest, best kind of uh, theme park you could go to. Still is almost in that region. It's like uh, so. There was always this time when if you brought a Coke can, it was two for one. Oh yeah. And if you like were decided with your <laughs> they friends did that here too. You know what I mean? So, when yeah. that Coke can came around, like you used that yeah. Coke can. Yeah. But we, if you decided to go to Six Flags when in a window where the Coke can didn't work, <laughs> it was awful luck. And suddenly you were spending like sixty-five dollars on a ticket that shouldn't cost that much. Yeah. Well, we figured out how to game the system. How's that? You go up to the security gate. This is The system is now going to change because I'm going to <laughs> okay. say how you can get in for free. Okay. But you go into the security gate and you tell them, hey, I can't find my kid brother. He's still inside oh, Six God. Flags. What they then do is give you a pass, and that pass will go off after 60 minutes. And whether or not you find your significant other, you need to return the pass at that time. In an hour. Yes. What you do is you, le- you come back after like 40 minutes, and when you leave the gates, they give you a hand stamp. Oh. Then you return the uh, buzzer. I say, I found my kid brother, and then you walk back Yeah, but your hand is fully Because your hand stamped. is now
0: stamped. Oh, and okay. um, what happened to your brother?
2: Uh, he's... <laughs> We never found him, no. but we got him for free.
0: Just free oh, of He's oh, he's God. lost. He's still there. <laughs> right. He now
2: runs the theme park. Oh, gonna go uh, yeah. screen machine. Yes. <laughs> Maybe he's on the screen
1: machine still. Yes. All right. So now, Matt, what exactly was your transition from being a patron of the theme parks of Knott's Berry Farm and Disney and Universal Studios to being a an employee? How did that? What was that transition like?
0: Well, I was doing a lot of improv through comedy sports in mm-hmm. L.A. at the time, mm-hmm. and one of the guys named Frank Macy. All there was working through Disney and kind of developing both performing and developing little improv atmosphere shows throughout the park and so he brought a bunch of us from the company down to audition and that's how it started and then it ended up being this thing where you kind of do like street improv which didn't really work well were you didn't... dressed
2: as like a character of the time and place
0: well the first job <laughs> i had was the best job i will ever Dude, have sit that down was, folks i can't wait there was a restaurant in california adventure called the soap opera bistro and <gasps> every room of the restaurant was a set from an abc soap opera i'm already like, in love like the the surgery ward this oh. garden veranda this wharf you this could eat mansion. in the surgery ward you could <laughs> And so we would dress as characters from those shows. Yes. So there was you could either be a millionaire, a cop, or a surgeon in scrubs. Broad so strokes. Those are the three jobs in yeah. this country. But <laughs> <laughs> okay, the three jobs. Everybody fought to be the surgeon because scrubs were just like wearing pajamas. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you, you would breathe. wear pajamas, do 10 minutes of improv once and – Hour on the hour, and it was a union job, and it was incredible. In you what were capacity would you friends? be
2: performing? You like would walk or while, to
0: a table, to a table. So you would walk into a room Close and people were magic. eating. Yes, and you would basically <laughs> go like. How dare you, Vivica, call me that when my ex-wife is sitting right here and then bring in someone eating. And they would just – like that was magic to them. Oh, my God. I'm from Alabama. I've never even seen a person in scrubs. (laughs) And it was like much less doing comedy right before me. And and I'm not insulting Alabamans. I'm just saying like it was the magic of the job. And
2: And as every comedian, that's the goal, just to get that look on their face. And this is like the most like direct to the vein. Yeah.
0: Oh, and everybody was willing and it was you were with your best friends. Yeah. And then so that lasted for a year or two, and then that petered away, and then we started doing like a "Who's Line Is It Anyway?" show on this big stage. So does California that peter country. out, and
2: they say we're not going to do that anymore? But you guys are a hit. We still need to use. We need to hold on to the talent. The, don't See, be modest. The, don't the, be the, modest, the, Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Well, the, <laughs> the, gig the gig wasn't the asset. Failed, that, failed. miserably because no, <laughs> yeah. it was very expensive. And, and so, who wants to eat in a surgery ward? <laughs> good point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I never even thought about that. Open face no, no, steak sandwich. No disrespect, doctor. No, none. Take <laughs> it. No disrespect, doctor. None. Take it. Tomato bisque just feels a little inappropriate. On the table, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so then we did this live big improv show, which went for years and was fun. Then I did for a while. I did a cowboy stunt show in Disneyland. Well, Full circle. Scene. Realized it Full was like circle. a shootout at one point. It was like just a taste of it, but it was enough to go like, ah, oh, this is closure. <laughs> yeah, that's right. A, the
1: loop has closed.
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> and uh, I loved that for a while, and then I did this thing called "Push the Talking Trash Can," which was I. This hold on, was crazy. hold on. Is that
2: the character's name, or yes. did you push the talking trash? Well,
0: can? it was a metallic trash can like you would see in the park, but it yeah. was a fully functioning robot that I would control secretly while standing in the crowd. How fun is that? You yeah. have
2: rise, the you have rose the ranks at that. Point. I guess. I had You're a secret the
0: microphone in my hand and I would just hide in the crowd and whatever I said came out of the trash can with a high-pitched voice and I could control it and so I could hear people talking to it and then I could secretly talk to them. Yes. And that was just this job where I would come in by myself, I'd wear my own clothes, hide in the crowd. That's and I did that amazing. For do you know, yeah.
2: Matt, that I've never done that. I'm, I don't know if you would know that, but I've never <laughs> done that. But what I would do that was similar to that when I was a kid was me and my friends would take these nice walkie-talkies that we had and we'd go to the local Taco Bell. <laughs> (laughs) And we'd put the walkie-talkie behind the drive-through sign. So people would walk up, people would drive up, and we'd say, Welcome to Taco Bell, can we take your order? They would order, and then drive up, and then the person would say, Welcome to Taco Bell, can I... And the car would already be gone, and that would last... Four days. <laughs> I believe it. And when Taco Bell got dry, we'd go to McDonald's oh, Express. God, wasn't it wasn't even the regular McDonald's, oh, so we knew that those employees were real shaky.
1: That's brilliant. Oh. Pretending to be a machine, fooling oh. people with voices. Yeah. We
2: would put walkie-talkies in. There was a thing called the Food Emporium, and we'd put him in the pumpkins in the fall season. And nice. people would walk past, and we'd go, I'm the talking pumpkin. <sighs> yep. And people would go, look, honey, it talks. Yep. Same, Alabama. From same Alabama same Alabama family. Yeah.
0: I used to kind of game the system this way when I was younger, And I wanted to stay out past curfew. I would call my home after my parents had gone to sleep. My mom would pick up the phone, and I would just go, "Oh, it's okay, mom. I got it." As if I'm in my room. Eugene, you devilish. Holy, (laughs) that's super. Also, also, I wasn't doing anything worth that, though. And my mom. Wasn't worried I was doing anything interesting. So right. It wasn't like I, whether or not she even knew it I don't know. But it wasn't. You're like, capable
2: of being
1: an evil mastermind.
0: But you're I just was not just one. at Chad's house. That's
1: super <laughs> diabolical. Shout out to Chad. And also, if your mom had provided any pushback, I wonder if she was like, "Where are you right now?" matt like, "Oh, Ed, what's, say it again. I'm in my room." What? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I
1: kind of just rehearsed this one line. Now. Yeah. Uh, uh, I really do. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I wasn't prepared to take it any part. I now.
1: really like that in this push the trash can scenario that you're actually amongst the. You're not like some sort of remote tower looking down. observing Irving I was from in
0: fu- Like feet away, probably f- six, ten feet away. That makes it very spot, like you're sort of like yeah. an MI6. creepy in a way. You were yeah. Ashton before Ashton. That's right. Yes. Oh, Don't let him forget it. That's really, really creepy. Cool. <laughs> I looked like him at the time, too, because I had a hat, like I would have a, wear a hat, hat that I would kind of pull down over my face. And, you know, yeah, it was that time. Keeping it an incognito. And you would do that eight hours a day? Yeah, but you would do 20 minutes an hour. Right. So then I had 40 minutes to just read or whatever. And it was a union job with full benefits. So that and is, is crazy. crazy. Yeah. yeah. So that's why when you that's get crazy. in that branch of the theme park system... It's, Never leave. It is tough to leave because you you have to, it has to be worth it to leave. Yeah, right. And so it was the first time in my life where I had like a job, job that I was, had disposable income and it was all from working at Disney. <laughs> Disney, <laughs> right. yeah. Pick,
2: pick your complaints wisely. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, no,
0: I can't complain. It was actually a wonderful time. Oh, then I had a job called The Swing where you, The Swing? If you did enough shows where all you had to do was come in and hang out and if somebody had to go home, Flex. then you'd go into their show. You're the mass, wild card. nice. Yeah. Come on. So you'd keep. What the, an honor. Mass. I mean,
2: like, that is when you become full ninja status. It, it was really. When illegal. you could a, never get better. You can't be important. the executive chef until you've done every single job in the kitchen. That was great. That's how one becomes a swing. <laughs> Do you... Um, was there ever animosity between the mascots and the improvisers? Yeah, was there some rivalries? Or... We
0: sometimes shared a break room.
2: Yeah. And, um, and they had to put on masks they when did, they went back to work, d- and you yeah. didn't. And yeah. you
0: didn't. No, they were pretty nice. They were kind of like the... Uh, in that Disney cult so everything was happiness to them and right. they were like really true believers So, but they were very wow. sweet okay. and my fiance was a face character at also, Disney yeah and so you. we didn't know each other though we never crossed paths but we were there at the same you time you were spiritually aligned yeah but yes. so we talk about it to this day like would we have gotten along you know two different camps <laughs> I think we would have
1: I think you would have too yeah, yeah but right. under that high pressure push the trash can environment you don't know you
0: don't you don't know What's what sort of drama it? would arise you don't know I was a hair trigger I was a loose cannon out there <laughs> it's a loose trash can Jeez.
2: <laughs> yeah. um, What do you say We segue into The uh, second act break at? Yes let us um, We played one of Matt's songs We should play a song That we wrote um, But did not perform Oh okay It's on one of our albums oh. It features a very good Friend of ours Called Chloe Wepper Yes um, We've recorded some albums Together called The Sleepover EPs Where we'll lock ourselves In a studio With a, our producer For 24 hours We have nothing written No beats prepared And we walk out With a mix and mastered album yeah, 24, 24 hours. hours later How
0: many tracks On this album About five, five? We've done it twice oh. yeah. Yeah. Full so EP Yeah, it's Oh yeah. E-P, yeah.
2: And uh, this track we wrote about hour 20 and a half pretty late being a away. Yep. called our friend who sings on all of our tracks and said, will you come out to Long Island and just do this? She said yes. Oh, baby. And uh, we're going to play it for you right now. It's pretty weird. Oh, yeah, it's definitely out there. It's a written at
1: 3 a.m., maybe recorded at 5 a.m. situation. Uh,
2: you could tell how weird it is because the title of that song is called Sex on the Moon. Enjoy
1: our track Sex on the Moon, two things we do infrequently. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we'll be right back. Okay.
1: Song Sex on the Moon by Billy and I, aka Snakes, featuring our dear friend Chloe Wepper, who has an amazing voice. Yeah. You can find all of our music by going to snakesmusic.bandcamp.com. Yes, and as long as we're plugging things that ended.com, please .com, uh, please, Tuesday, this upcoming Tuesday, we are going to start selling clothing, t-shirts, yes. and hoodies, yes. and merch along those lines. Yes. Uh, we would love if you would wear them, either with pride or with shame, doesn't matter, just wear it regardless. <laughs> yes, barring catastrophe, August 16th. Yes.
2: I think it'll be like a two-week campaign where you guys will have the... Access code or whatever, however the hell one buys a t, t- shirt on yeah, the internet. Yeah, you need a very, very particular access code called a computer. That right. You can log on. And, and then a c-
1: second access code called a credit card. Credit card is the second access code. And if
2: you can somehow access those two access codes, right. you can access a t shirt, a tank top, or a hoodie. From no joke,
1: it's on you, Codebreakers. Go get those T-shirts. <laughs> Good luck, guys. We believe in you. Yes. Now we are here with dear friend Matt Gorley, and Matt, as I've told you before, my brother Jake is a intense fan of yours and loves you and has followed you all over the oh, internet. Thanks, Jake. Um, and he actually, I asked him if there's anything that he wanted me to ask you.
0: Wait a minute. I'm putting this together, That Jake Lustig that I've seen on Twitter. Yeah. I mean, because that last name, I've often wondered if you guys were related. Jake Lustig, that's my brother.
1: And yes, he is uh, a big fan. Uh, And he wants to know, uh, because we live in a super weird age, I know that Matt not only recently moved, but pretty much rebuilt his entire interior himself. Would love to know how slash when he learned to do things like wainscoting and building arches while Ooh. also becoming a top five funny person. Uh, <laughs> I don't know lot. what half of those words mean. Well, you mean. can't
0: do one without the other. Okay, yeah. It can't be done. Does it require a sense of humor to wainscot? It does because it also <laughs> stifles maddening rage when you mess up.
2: You let's, let's just imagine that someone in the room... Any one of us yeah. doesn't know what Wayne Scott <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: is. Yeah, we're not going to say who. Oh, I, right. no, I think it's fair to assume we all do. No, yeah, yeah. We, okay, so we totally just... all Okay, know. so we'll just oh. bro-
2: blow past that.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's that wood paneling that goes halfway up a wall from the bottom. Oh, Sure. Up. And it usually has like a little ledge. Yes. Okay. You see it in fancy houses, so, yeah. Which is why I thought, oh, I know a way to make this house this real normal looking house. Fancy. Slap it with a wainscot. Put a, a rich person's thing. <laughs> yes.
2: What do rich people do?
0: Yeah, it's always a good question yeah, to they ask Wayne's yourself. a
2: wainscot. Yeah. Are, if you're. But uh, what was the, What was
1: his specific question? Well, just building arches, I just think that you – I mean, I think that he knows just through through your oeuvre that you are obviously quite handy and that you love – I mean, you told us before that you're into home improvement and building yeah. and, and sprucing up your house. Too
0: much so lately. Where Too much I've so. I've sort of checked out of society and have kind of just been obsessed with that. But I learned it when I was doing scenic design. I studied scenic design and as an undergrad. Amazing. But I built things to last two weeks. So right. This right. Right remains to be seen how this is going to go yeah, so right. far so good are you it's...
2: beyond the two week mark
1: yes
0: all
2: okay. right
1: so yeah promising you're used to building like the 1930s flat for guys and dolls that's <laughs> so supposed to be torn down in 13 days yeah but now you're building your own house yeah.
0: so I... far all but one thing is taken but i built this like window seat bench and it was my first time working with oak and the oak warped uh, like three days later wow uh-huh. but i was able to kind of tamp it back
1: (laughs) yeah there must be an intense sense i am the opposite of sort of handsy in that way but there must be a a profound sense of satisfaction in
0: physically manifesting a thing from the world
1: it is i think yeah i mean
0: regardless of whatever i do with it there definitely is because i primarily work in more of a cerebral creative world right to like just work (sighs) with your hands it somehow shifts me out of that almost like necessarily so to kind of shift my brain a little bit we
2: were on jake and amir's podcast a few weeks ago and i talked about how to them how it feels like most comedians that i know who have been doing this for a while now call it 10 plus years and have almost like gotten past a lot of like what ifs and firsts and all those kind of things and it's like settled into uh i'm going to be doing this for the rest of my life most fantasize about like working with their hands now, you know, it's like, it's like 10 years ago, I dreamed of being a comedian. But now that I've kind of achieved that, it's like, I just want to work on a construction site. I just want to do Boy, demo. strange, yeah. There's just something about, like, wanting to do the other thing now. Like you said, it's such a cerebral thing. But
0: even that you bring up demo, that's a huge thing, too, where there's something really satisfying about taking a sledgehammer and knocking, knocking a wall. But that's horribly destructive. But, but there's this promise of construction that's going to go in there. Yeah. And it does feel creative in a way. And creating yeah. and
1: erasing. It feels yeah. to be able to manifest something with your human body. There was a time nice. a friend of ours, George
2: Basil, asked me to come over and do woodworking on his house. Yes. Like many of us, he's been doing comedy for about 10 years, and now he's all about wood. <laughs>
3: uh,
1: <laughs> and Natural I, the comedian to woodworking transition seems to be quite popular.
2: <laughs> got, happened, that's happened. That's what I'm saying.
0: Like Nick Offerman and yeah, I'm yeah, saying. Exactly. we yeah. comedians
1: love to
2: turn to wood at some point. So I got to, to his wood. house and we were going to move all these bricks, <laughs> literally a ton of bricks. Yeah, two thousand pounds of bricks <laughs> one, one at a time. God. And to me, as soon as I showed up, I was like, George, I haven't been so excited for a task yeah. in so long. And he's like, Well, that's great because I just found out I have to go to an audition. Do you mind moving these what? ton of bricks? Yeah. But he knew that there's just something so pleasurable and rewarding and just conclusive about moving something from point a to point b it is conclusive so it's much concrete, of yeah, yeah even with podcasting yeah. i find that there's something so rewarding about knowing that you do it you edit it and it could just go so yeah. many projects i mean we're all writers to a certain extent and so many projects can live in the gray area like development and what that sort of ephemeral is. And yes you, guys must you relate the to the conclusiveness this
0: too. Yes. i the first real satisfaction I I think I ever started having as someone who creates things was songwriting because I felt in a two to three minute song, you could actually finish from point A to point B and have something you were proud of, but also worked on meticulously, but it wasn't a major accomplishment. And I felt like the first time I tasted completion, and then once I had that taste, I felt like I'm not going to start something unless I know I can finish it. That's it's a so yeah. huge Satisfying. lesson. That yes. is such a
2: huge lesson yes. as a young artist, yeah. too. Yeah, it's so easy to get caught up in the process. We talk about the little victories all the time. Yes. Where it's like so easy to be like, my goal is to be on a television show, make a movie, but there's all those little victories just in the creative process where Start you like small. teach yourself yeah. a new lesson, or you know you just learn
1: from someone else, and you can just tuck that away. Yes.
2: that's why we're in this thing. Yeah. Yes, yeah.
1: yeah. I love it. In our sort of cerebral sphere, you equated podcasting to like podcasting is our woodworking. <laughs> this well, is about as handsy as we get. I'm touching the microphone. This is and a step about in, about in the it. direction <laughs> of wood. I would say this is in the direction of in wood. the
2: direction. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, yeah. Wood. Go
1: figure. Is there anything that you aspire? Do you have like a white whale sort of like? That you aspire to build, like that you
0: in your fantasy life that you'll construct and will sort of be your legacy. I <laughs> tackled to the up to this point. What was that thing? And that was to do a type of wainscoting that had like an inlaid um, cabinet border, like like a filigree kind of. Uh, I don't even. It's, I don't even know what the right terms yeah, are. Yeah, well, we definitely don't I'm either. T- right. Yeah. I'm watching your hands we more than listening don't. to your mouth you right said now. filigree. Yeah. I am going
2: to say, he, just, it made, he made it look like a little door. <laughs>
0: like, I don't know if that's right. It's paneling <laughs> that goes on a wall, but it also has beams built up that go up the middle of the side okay. to an arch. And so I, I had, it was so complex at one point where the arch met in three places that I literally had to build a Lego version of it to wrap my Whoa. head around. Because it also had to wrap around an end wall. And... And I just didn't know. I got myself, wow. like painted myself into a corner with woodworking, and I went, I have to figure this out. That's like
2: swimming across a lake. When you get halfway across a yeah, lake, it's like, do it know. doesn't matter if I finish this <laughs> no. swim or and go it back. It was that. I'm yeah. going
0: under. Right and I'm now. conscious that I'm doing that. I'm going, I know if I just force myself into the situation, I will have to find my yes. way out. Yes. And
2: sometimes that's important as an artist. <laughs> you know, sometimes it was like. or swim, yeah. 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 But
0: no one was watching me. Yeah. So I felt comfortable. If I had to do this as a job, I wouldn't because yeah. I felt people. And I didn't like scenic design for that reason because people would go, well, where are your plans? Where is this and that and that? And I don't know. I don't it's not like I mind answering to people authority-wise, but I don't want to answer to people when I don't know how to explain what they Yes,
1: exactly. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yes. And so –
0: a house was the perfect thing for me because I could literally hide away behind my own walls and not answer any questions. And, and like only I have
1: to live with the consequences.
2: Yeah,
0: and, but I can like... show people when it's done and yeah. like, oh yeah, I planned it this way from the beginning, which is <laughs> yeah. not the
2: case. So exactly. that's great. A yeah. non-professional woodworker. Yes. You know, I'm a woodworker, Seriously. just a non-professional. Yes. Yeah. That's a great. hobbyist, yes. obvious spot. This yeah. chat has
1: been brought to you by Lego, uh, <laughs> helping amateur woodworkers become slightly less amateur every year. In my case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, Adam, have you, I know that you have a huge aversion to theme parks. Okay. Okay. I'm just a little risk averse This is just the third of... act Of the No Joke Podcast yeah. In this we like to talk about Our future relationships With the topic Yep with theme parks I've talked about this With you a bunch Yeah We've never been To a roller coastered Theme park together We've Yeah done I guess that's true Almost everything We've traveled around The country together Yeah we never have Never been to a theme park
0: Yeah Mobile recording Yeah
2: exactly Okay For On starters. Starters. Do you think that There are certain things That I know I could never Persuade you to do Or yes. force your hand to do Do you think that You could be uh, Convinced to go On a roller coaster?
1: Yeah I've been I, I've i been on roller coasters. Uh I, I don't Yeah I don't Speed and heights And I'm a fearful man So like that kind of stuff <laughs> Sort of gets me a little unnerved For
2: context, we went to Burning Man And there was about a 15 foot ladder to climb Just to sit above everything and kind of enjoy it And Adam refused Oh yeah. So to think that you would go on a 1,000 foot drop roller coaster Is antithetical to who you are as a man Yeah,
1: and not that I haven't done a succumb to peer pressure plenty of times And gone to Disney and gone to Space Mountain And my Space Mountain experience was sort of analogous To my Janet Jackson experience Where my head were between the legs Ears literally plugged Eyes shut so tight that it gave me a headache Adam defaults waiting for it to, be
2: done. to fetal so hardcore It <laughs> is right back there. perfect Kind of doing it right already. It's I mean, the <laughs> reverse. Yeah, we talked about when he learned to drive in Los Angeles and he was half fetal the whole time. Look yeah, at yeah.
0: our posture, is very similar. We've chilling, we relaxed, relax self assured
1: adult humans, and I am like ready
0: no, to dive back into no. the womb
1: at
3: any given you moment. You guys just
0: make me feel very comfortable because I, I vacillate between the two. Yeah, I'm semi fetal. No. I, I get most yeah. times. Yeah. I've never heard the expression dive back into <laughs> the womb
1: and I hope to never hear that
2: expression. I hope
0: it's there waiting for you.
1: (laughs) So I've been on a roller coaster or two. It's always like I'll have this weird feeling as soon as I get off of like that adrenaline that that people feel and like that sink in the stomach and like that sort of like vertical gravity drop and all that stuff. I feel it. But for me, it's less exhilarating and more uh, just sort of death defying and terrifying. Yeah. So I'll get off the roller coaster and my relief of still being alive and just like being well will just sort of rush through me and turn into spite and anger that I allowed myself to go on the roller coaster. That's so funny because
2: you can go one of two ways. You could say I did something I was afraid of. Look at me now. I'm better. Off.
1: That's never once. Ha- I've never once had that reaction. Wow.
0: I've never <laughs> a sense of accomplishment that you, you challenge yourself. Instead, you berate yourself for allowing well, myself to be frightened. Well, I, can, I see a sense I, in that. I see a logic I knew
1: I was going to hate this. Why did I let Billy talk? To me? I knew I was going to hate this. I hated it. I still hate it. Why did I do that?
2: I, can re- I mean, we can all relate to that. It's not unlike what we were talking about in the first act yeah. when you just find yourself at these bars and you're like, I've hated this for the past <laughs> yeah. two years. I have no end in sight. But you're speaking I'm here- up. I'm speaking up. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. that's. I
0: acknowledge that, and I support. I appreciate you. that. Man. But the question <laughs> is,
1: could I then convince you of it, knowing that you would be so miserable, you would still say yes? I'm an easy sell in that way. Yeah. yeah the one thing that I draw hard line is the pirate ship, and we've talked about this.
2: Oh, that, yeah. That's that, a, that's a hard that's a no.
0: swinging buccaneer thing. Yeah, uh, that
1: doesn't flip, which
2: somehow makes it scarier. Even worse, Right, yeah. The yeah. anticipation than yes,
0: again. yeah. You, you
1: have no, you have no fear boundaries with that's, these sort that of rides, rides is at like
0: theme parks. Fear blue balls because oh. it never happens, but you're still petrified. Um, I don't like spinny things. I get. Yeah, the Notions, sick rides. Like, yeah, like teacups and stuff. I won't do. Yeah. that's it's less out of fear and more out of why would I make myself so uncomfortable? Yes. Right. Yeah. There's yes. a specific
2: age. Maybe it's like late 20s when leaving amusement parks now means like leaving with a migraine. Yeah.
3: Like you have been You've just been, you've just been
0: shaken. <laughs> Even certain roller coasters, which I typically love, make me slightly <laughs> nauseous. And right. It's a bummer.
2: And then it's just like, well, the rest of the day is wrapped. Yeah. <laughs> like, and uh,
0: Star Tours does that to me now, oh, too, which no. is depressing. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Even
1: just the moving seats. Yeah. The, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yes. Maybe, I mean, maybe it's because they now use prequel footage in the journeys they take in there. Uh, so you're that, like, <laughs> cool. oh, shit. What the hell is this? Yeah. No we are
2: now at the sit still age. We are at the age now where it's just more fun and enjoyable to sit still. But, That's yes. right.
0: The come to me era. Right. Yeah.
1: And it's also funny how all of my logic goes out the window. And I think you and I have talked about this too. All fear logic goes out the window once a wa- water is introduced.
0: Water park <laughs> somehow really?
1: I don't
2: know There's what it is. There's
0: more potential danger uh, there. Not rational. It's
1: I'm not rational. Now, this isn't no,
2: I'm not thinking clearly. That water park clearly. that water park speed slide is a death trap. It's dangerous. more
0: womb like. That's why you oh, like it. It's much lu- moister. He's yes. rushing yeah. back to the womb. Yeah. Yes, yeah. now Billy, you you had a
1: local theme park near near your home where you grew up, yes. that was particularly dangerous. Yes. Well, there was Action Park in New Jersey. I don't know if you've ever heard of no, Action Park. No, but I Park. love the name. Famously, Act- famously deadly. Uh, deadly. A
3: lot people, of
2: People, uh, it had a flipping water slide, which already sounds like how? a bad idea. And I would, I, this is, I'm not a scientist, but I would say 15% of the people didn't
1: make it all the way around. <laughs> scientist. And I would say that of those 15 that didn't flip, five bro- 5% broke their necks. Action Park is notorious. I believe Chris Gethard and others have even written, I think there's a documentary about Action Park in Jersey and how deathly dangerous.
2: Was it, it a that-
0: tube that does a flip
1: yeah it was it was an open tube not
2: open open. (laughs) so it would just spin it was a it was it was bad action park didn't um go out of business it got shut down okay so there's that yeah it was i'm
0: already obsessed that was a
2: really bad oh i think split sider did a huge oral history on it or new york magazine did like this place infamous legendary i when i went there i went there once i was telling adam this recently it felt like uh you were now in prison Like, as soon as you walked in, you're like, okay, like, everyone's out for themselves. Like, it's probably best like, go with a black eye so that people know you're not to be messed with. <laughs> yeah, just
3: like... It was...
2: Family-friendly. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, The action there was frequently uh, fatal, deadly action. Right. But you had another park uh, near your place. Yes. Yes. This is a
2: good story to end on. Equally strenuous. There was a a kind of like split the difference between a big amusement park and local amusement park. Um, It was called Adventureland. And it had like a pretty decent roller coaster. It had a pirate uh, ship. So there was enough like little tent poles at Adventureland that you could spend the day with your family there. It was kind of place that a camp would go to. It was great. Yeah. There was one day in the newspaper that we read that um, somebody had fallen out of the log flume. Terrible. uh, To their death. That's a rough day. Yeah. Yeah. Call it a bad Tuesday. Yes. Open up the newspaper the next day, and we read that (laughs) fatality has struck Adventureland again. Again, second day in a row. Uh, This one way more cinematic. A chair swing has unlocked, and bye-bye you.
0: God, How far did they go?
2: Uh, Let's call it 50 feet, and let's call it into the hood of a car. Definitely into the parking lot. So there's Tough that. Way to go. So when you're a 13-year-old Billy turns out I was. What do you do the day after that fatality? You go, you straight, go straight, straight to the amusement park. Is
0: it because the lines are low or the danger is high?
2: Danger is high, dog. I'm trying to witness greatness. <laughs> okay. Greatness. It's like I was suddenly like picking out, well, what's the most dramatic death today? Stand next to that thing all day. Exactly. You just wanted to be close to the action. Bad oh news. God. Disappointing news. I was the antidote. People started living uh, once I started returning. Wow. Yes. But it just goes to show that <laughs> theme parks, man, they bring the heat. They
1: bring the heat. They bring the news. They give you jobs. Yeah, <laughs>
2: we yeah. rely on them.
0: Yeah. Yes.
1: Do you do you find yourself that you go back to Disney and Knott's Berry Farm now, Matt? Do you go um, as an adult?
0: Occasionally, since Amanda and I met. Yeah. Uh, we met at working at Universal Studios. Aww. I also worked at Universal Studios doing improv. That's how we met, though we never met. But we both primarily worked at Disney a yeah. while back. So yeah, there is uh, a bit of a, I don't know. Uh, there's a building block in our lives that is that for better or for worse. Of course. Plus. I still love the Waterworld stunt show at Universal, which is where the A-team one was. So it went A-team, Miami Vice, Waterworld. You can watch the Miami Vice one on YouTube. Can you really? I often do Friday nights. How's that Wayne Scotting? Yeah. Yeah. It's in two or three parts, so you got to be patient. You got to be patient.
1: Three parts actually play a significant part in your life authentically, for real. They really did, yeah. and
0: (laughs) Sometimes I don't even realize how much. Well, I met my wife there. That's a good start. That's a good start. Crazy, yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, Well, we appreciate you coming on the show and talking about it. I loved it
0: what a great time thank, thank you thanks so out. much yeah
2: for the no joke podcast i am billy Scafieri. i'm adam lustig today our guest was matt gorley we were very lucky to have him we will talk to you next week
0: that was a Headgum podcast